Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 5th of February, year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome to another episode of Shoot the J. A lot of things I want to talk about today, folks. A lot of things to unpack, say, uh, conversate about synonyms. But I have a relatively short amount of time to say it. I want to get this out as quick as possible, take up as, as little of your time as humanly possible. That's what the point of this podcast is. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. I want to lead with the thing that's uh, engulfing most of the NBA world right now, and that is the uh, the rumors of movement, the uh, conversations of inertia. I'm just trying to think of different ways to say D'Angelo Russell is going to get traded because D'Angelo Russell is going to get traded. Um, D'Angelo Russell is likely going to be playing for his fourth NBA team. Starts in Los Angeles, gets traded to Brooklyn, gets traded to Golden State in a sign and trade with Kevin Durant and is probably going to get traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I have multiple issues with this, but let's start with this. D'Angelo Russell deserves better. He should not be about to be on his fourth NBA team. Second team? Yes. Third team? Maybe. But even the sign-and-trade thing, I understand why logistically and contractually it had to happen. I think that even sucked in itself. When he gets traded from Los Angeles to Brooklyn, it makes sense. Everything that happened with Nick Young secretly recording him, the whole thing that came out about that, just wasn't really working, needs to change the scenery, Lakers need to do something different. It makes sense. I don't think anybody was mad. I think it made perfect sense for everybody. You honestly could argue that the exact same thing that just happened with the Anthony Davis trade, how the Lakers' most recent young core, minus Kuzma, gets traded to New Orleans, you could almost argue that that was the same thing. Those guys needed an opportunity to thrive uh, in a different situation, thrive in in a medium where... They're not under the microscope by Los Angeles media and Los Angeles fans 82 nights a year. So I think it was a similar situation. They just needed to be in a different system. Weird how that worked out for everybody involved both times. D'Angelo Russell is a a catalyst in the Nets' success and ends up being an all-star. Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans averaging 26 a game and is an all-star. Lonzo Ball, and and also is a candidate for like third team All-NBA. Brandon Ingram is a matchup nightmare this season. He's got moves in his bag that are literally impossible to defend. I love Brandon Ingram this season. Lonzo Ball averaging like, I don't, like almost a triple-double in this last month. Like Lonzo Ball has been exceptional recently. He's finding his jumper. He just came out and said the other day he's got his legs up under him now. He's throwing lobs to Zion from like, the baseline on the opposite end of the like 90 foot lobs to Zion it's incredible it's such it's so much fun to watch Josh Hart's Josh Hart never been really that big on Josh Hart but it's you guys it's it's literally the principle of it and in both cases it's the same thing they needed to be somewhere different and it worked out for both of them both both situations both groups of players my other problem is that the Minnesota Timberwolves don't seem to realize that D'Angelo Russell is not the only tradable tradable point guard in the NBA he's not the only player that they can acquire There are other point guards. There are other players. There's like 10 point guards on the block right now. I actually think Drew Holiday would be pretty good in Minnesota. I don't know what that package would look like, but I don't know how it would be much different from what you're trying to get for for, uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell. I think the Pelicans might be more wise because David Griffin's not an idiot, and apparently Bob Myers is. I don't know why you would be. If you're the Warriors, why are you willing to absorb Andrew Wiggins in this trade? Because the report is that the only reason it hasn't gone through yet is the unwillingness on the Minnesota side to include their 2020 first-round pick. Which, first of all, if I'm, the, if I'm Minnesota, if D'Angelo Russell is my end-all, be-all, and I'm not willing to include my first-round pick, 
I don't think they want D'Angelo Russell all that bad. This draft class is not that good. And people always say, well, I hear that every year. I'm telling you, this draft class stinks. I think last year people said it because there was like Zion and RJ and John Morant, sorry. And then everybody else was like, you could be a quality piece. But it wasn't like a, this is blowing me away how good this draft is. It was just like a, you could be something, you could be something. I don't know. It's a lot of coin flips, but like the odds were better than a coin flip that they were going to pan out. This year is like coin flips, but there's a, uh, it, it, there's a better chance that they're not going to work out for everybody. I mean, even like James Wiseman, RJ Hampton, Anthony, I think Anthony Edwards is actually, I think he's legit, and LaMelo Ball. Like, I think even with those guys, there's, there's, they have their flaws that I just don't know. So if I'm the Timberwolves, I'm not going to be all that pressed if the Warriors want my draft pick. It shouldn't be that big of an issue. You've been prying for months. You finally get your foot in the door. You finally got Bob Myers and Joe Lake up on the phone. And now, and now you balk. Now the first round pick is off the table. And this is exactly why the Minnesota Timberwolves have been poverty for the last, through the entire millennia. They're one of the worst drafting franchises in the entire NBA. I don't think you want that pick anyways. I think that the reason the Timberwolves don't want that pick is because they know they're going to screw it up and accidentally draft a point guard or a shooting guard after trading for D'Angelo Russell, which after last night's mega trade, the 12-man trade, I believe the Minnesota Timberwolves only have one point guard on their roster. So, you know, maybe I guess it would it would be in their best interest to do something. But I think that's also an, an indicative of a tr- an impending trade. So by the time this comes out, there's a chance that D'Angelo Russell will already be a Timberwolf. So if it did happen, congratulations, Minnesota. D'Angelo Russell is in Minnesota. Super excited for you guys. But Golden State, actually, yeah, let's just do this as if the trade actually happened. If I'm Golden State and I absorb Andrew Wiggins in this trade, here's my issue. I'm settling for a D'Angelo Russell trade. They do not have to make it today. They do not have to make it tomorrow, but by 3 p.m. Eastern on the trade deadline. They don't, they don't even have to make it on draft night. Although, if you're going to make it, make it on draft night. They don't have to do anything. If they want to keep D'Angelo Russell, by no stretch of the imagination, is Steph, D'Lo, Clay. I'm assuming they put Clay at the three. Draymond and, I don't know, James Wiseman at the five. By no stretch of the imagination is that something I would not be comfortable with rolling out on the floor for like 35 minutes a night. I, that, that, that is a formidable product that I think could win you like 47 games on its own. Probably 50 in the I, Yeah, I have no idea. We'll see what happens with the West and what else they can actually add around. Because if it's their current team, yeah, I think they could win like 47 games. There are going to be pieces out there and I don't know what they are right now. I don't know what the market is outside of the Timberwolves for D'Angelo Russell. But I can promise you that Andrew Wiggins is not going to be the, the prize possession. And if you're using this trade as a more draft capital heavy um, uh, return, if that, and then Andrew Wiggins is just kind of the filler there, here's what I'll say. If I'm the Warriors, I'm more interested in probably acquiring a forward. And I guess that is what Andrew Wiggins is. I guess he's considered a 2-3. What if you go and get like Julius Randle instead? And you're probably thinking, Nick, Julius Randle is just Andrew Wiggins, but as a power forward. And to that, I would say you're not necessarily wrong, but I actually, I think Julius Randle is better. He's marginally better than Andrew Wiggins. I'm either going to get crushed for that take or it's going to be a consensus and everyone's going to be like, yeah, you're right. I actually think it's going to be both because people are insane. I would rather have Julius Randle. But here's what I'll say about both of them. 
I think that if you have either Julius Randle on the Warriors or Andrew Wiggins on the Warriors, and let me just say this really quick. Obviously, that lineup would look like uh, Steph, Clay, bump Draymond to the three, Julius Randle at the four, and then James Wiseman at the five. Uh, boom. You got size right there. The reason I would like that, the reason I would want Julius Randle on my team if I'm the Warriors is because I want to play Clay at the two. I do not want to play Clay at the three. The advantages of playing a 6-7, a 6-8 six, 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 shooting guard marginally outweigh playing a 6-7, six, 6-8 six, small forward. He's going to match up with, he's going to have, hold a, a significant advantage over shooting guards at that height than he would at small forward. But if I'm the Warriors, I think if any, t- if any coach in the world can fix Andrew Wiggins or Julius Randle, I genuinely believe it's Steve Kerr. So that's why I'm kind of not all that mad if they do land Wiggins or in some wonky reality they land Julius Randle. I, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. I think that, that could be, it could be salvaged. It could be figured out. And it would obviously be tremendous for their careers, more specifically Wiggins, because then he would actually be worth all of that money that he got paid. If I'm the Warriors, I'm not settling for a, a Timberwolves-Delo trade just because. You're either looking for a max-level talent, which I promise you Andrew Wiggins is not. You're either settling for that or you're settling for draft capital. Either you're not going to get both. You are in, 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 in almost no reality are you going to be able to get both. The second thing I wanted to talk about. Also, please, Golden State, just don't trade D'Angelo Russell to Minnesota. I mean, yeah, give Cat some help. Maybe. I don't know. Hasn't won a game since like when he, he hasn't played in a win since, in like almost three months. I think it's November 13th. Anyways. Second thing I wanted to talk about. This honestly might only be a two-topic episode. Yeesh, I didn't even get to get to everything. The Minnesota t- the Minnesota Timberwolves. Masai Ujiri, president of the Raptors. Apparently, the Knicks are interested in acquiring his services. If Masai Ujiri becomes the president of the New York Knicks, which here's, there's, it's reportedly a real thing that they're going to try to push for. They quote-unquote have their sights on Masai Ujiri this summer. Here's what I will say to that. Bear in mind, the New York Knicks also had their sights set on Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and pretty much every single free agent that has ever walked, every single free agent that has ever lived. The Knicks are like, we got a chance. We got a chance here. So bear that in mind and just know that it's probably not going to happen. Let's say Masai Ujiri does wind up becoming the president of basketball operations for the New York Knicks. As a fan of a small market team, I officially have zero incentive to root for my basketball team. We're talking about the guy who orchestrated the Kawhi Leonard to Toronto trade, lands Marcus Gasol, drafts Pascal Siakam, accumulates this championship roster. They achieve the ultimate goal and in the following year become, I don't want to say marginally better, but the Raptors are better this year. They are just flat out better. And I, I, it would probably be somewhere between like razor thin and marginally. So what's that? Like the Raptors are just a bit better. They're on pace to win more games. Their offense is better. Let's say the Raptors win the finals this year. Somehow, right? Let's say that happens. I, and I, I actually don't think it's, it's outside of the realm of possibility. I think it's entirely within. I think more people are talking about the Bucks than they are the Raptors. And that's saying something. I think the only reason people have started talking about the Milwaukee Bucks is because we've kind of like jammed them down people's throats and be like, acknowledge this team. And with Toronto, people aren't doing that. Everyone's just like, oh, Kawhi, it was fun. 
But no, Nick Nurse just won the Eastern Conference Coach of the Month. The Raptors are really good. I, I, I'm just, I just want to reiterate this one more time. The Raptors are really good. If you haven't watched them, please go. I sincerely hope you go watch them for like 10 minutes. You'll have a lot of fun, I promise. Let's say hypothetically the Raptors win the, the finals this season. And Masai Ujiri rides off into the sunset and goes and joins the Knicks. Are people going to have a problem with that? It's like, well, he did win them back-to-back championships. I'm still going to have a problem with that because there's clearly still a championship window there. If the if because either either way it's going to be a joke. And here's what here's what the, the the problem is. This is why I said I have no reason to root for a small market team. The Raptors just lost out on Kawhi Leonard. He went to Los Angeles. They achieved the ultimate goal. They did everything that they could. He load managed his way to becoming the best player on earth for like two and a half months, which is just true. And he wins a championship for the Toronto Raptors. And Masai Ujiri is the one that orchestrated the whole thing. He, he takes the gamble, and it works, and he looks like a genius. Because he is. Even if that trade doesn't work, he's a genius. This is an amazing move. But Kawhi Leonard does it for him, and it still didn't pay off. There was that entire month that we're like, okay, let's say the Raptors make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I feel like that could be enough for Kawhi to be like, okay, I have something here. Maybe we can build on this. I'm going to come back. And then they make it to the finals, and you're like, okay, at this point, I feel like if they just win the finals, he'll stay. And then they win the finals, and you're kind of like, listen, man, I got no idea what's going to happen with him. It was just event after event after event that we kept saying, well, when the next event happens, or if that happens, it'll be a a sure deciding factor in whether or not he stays. And then those things kept happening, and we still just couldn't confidently say that he was going to stay. And what ended up happening? He went to Los Angeles, a large market team. If Masai Ujiri goes to New York, if I'm a Raptors fan, I'm taking a hiatus. I'm not, I'm not watching basketball anymore. I have no reason to support this game. You're going to say, well, you just won a championship, maybe two championships if they win this year. And the people who brought us those championships are gone. And you're going to say, well, Nick, they still have Nick Nurse. They still have their entire roster. Maybe. Maybe. Marcus Saul just got put on the block. Fred Van Vliet could leave in free agency. I believe he's restricted, but if some team wants to overpay him, they are more than welcome to do that, and Toronto does not have to match. There's a chance that everything about this Raptors team could look differently. Who knows what's going to happen with Kyle Lowry? Yeah, he just signed that extension, but if they're losing assets, maybe they're just cleaning house. Use the Cavs as a pinnacle example. It's a bit of an anomaly, and you know exactly why. LeBron, they have a, they win a hit a one in a million chance. And here I go talking about the Cavs again, a one in a million draft pick with LeBron James, one in a million. Takes them to the finals, they get swept. Who cares? It's the fact that he took them to the roster or to, to the to the to the finals, and their roster, their best player besides LeBron was what Zadrunas Ilgauskas, Mo Williams, Anderson Verjao, Drew Gooden. Like this was his roster. So it was like, okay, we already have one of the best players of all time. And yes, he ended up becoming the best player of all time. And where does he leave? Because Cleveland cannot attract any assets to surround him. And they they just can't succeed. He leaves to Miami. Now, eventually, yes, he does come back. And he wins them a championship. And he makes Tyron Lue look like a genius. He makes David Blatt look like a genius for like a year. And then they fired him because he ended up being an idiot. 
and this is my pinnacle, this is my key example right here. LeBron James eventually, he wins a championship for Cleveland, and he burns out because they can't put a team around him. And in the time that he was there, he was making Kobe Altman look like a genius. Like, Kobe Altman was one of the reasons that the Cavs were in such a good position. Now, I feel like had they hired Chauncey Billups, like was like it was rumored, I feel like they actually probably would have been in a pretty good spot. Kobe Altman was like, I remember in the media, Kobe Altman was viewed as this guy who was going to help save the Cavaliers, especially post-LeBron James. LeBron James goes out west to, weird, Los Angeles, a large market team. If I'm a Cavs fan, I'm happy that we have that championship. And at the end of the day, we're Cleveland. I'm whatever. We got our championship. The Indians were good for like a year. It's fine. But I'm pissed off because now Kobe Altman sucks. Kobe Altman, because LeBron's not there to make whatever product he puts on the floor look better. Kobe Altman drafts two point guards in in, in consecutive drafts. And now he's looking in in like top seven picks. And now he's asking for a first round pick for Tristan Thompson. And I'm not going to lie, I did have a third example that I'm completely blanking on right now. Watching the whole Kevin Love thing, I'm not going to pin so much on Kobe Altman because it's such a meticulous situation and Kevin Love has been no help at all. If I am a Raptors fan, the writing is on the wall that Masai Ujiri, the door is open. He could go to New York. If he leaves, if Fred Van Vliet leaves, now putting Fred Van Vliet in the same paradigm as Masai Ujiri and Kawhi Leonard feels abstract. It feels absurd. I think you understand the the principle that I'm going for here. If all of these pieces that led to you winning a championship just start walking. Now it depends also on where like Fred Van Vliet goes, because if he gets overpaid, he's going to like Detroit. So that's not a large market thing. That's just uh they wanted to give him, they wanted to max him and give him like five years, a hundred million dollars or like five years, $120 million, which would be insane. So that you're just you, at that point you're just kind of like okay we just can't keep anybody we're just not gonna pay anybody if you lose Marcus All yeah you know you lost Marcus All but you still have Pascal Siakam you probably still have Kyle Lauer so like you still have a product to root for but the people who built you into that product are no longer around and that is a travesty and that's something that I don't I don't you I don't necessarily think you can control that. That's just something that large market teams in any sport are going to hold significant advantages over smaller ones. And it's the most prominent in the NBA. And it sucks. But alrighty, folks, how long did we get into this episode? Am I going to have to wrap this one up? I think I'm probably going to have to wrap this one up, folks. Yeah, we're running a little bit too long here. We're going to do some... We just don't have time for some trade deadline stuff. I guess the D'Angelo Russell thing kind of helps. All right, if you're listening to this, I never thought I would be this guy. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you have to subscribe and you have to... I don't want to do this. If you want to give me five stars, you rate it five stars. You can do that if you want. I don't want to be the guy that asks. I hate being that guy. All right, folks, if you made it this far genuinely from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. It means the absolute world to me. A lot of rambling in this episode. I hope it was coherent enough and I hope it made sense. Alrighty, folks. Oh, also, Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I want him to go to the Wizards. I, I should have thrown that in there somewhere. I meant to do that. Alrighty, folks. If you made it this far, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. I will catch you guys in the next one.